Hello and welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the mayor of PHNX, which is why I'm here filling in for the one and only Shane Diefenbach. But, of course, uh, of course. course but it's I'm great to have him here, here with Brittany Boyer talking Sun Devils. Yeah. Uh, of course, this podcast is brought to you by the good folks at DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX and simply for betting $5 on any NFL game, you will get $200 in free bets should that team win their game. So uh, I don't know what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know who's starting at quarterback. J.J. Watt might be back. I Might what? not need surgery. I have no idea what's going on. So stay away from that game, but find yourself a game. Yeah, things are weird. Game. He's a I mutant. Mean, I don't know what is going on with him, but he might not need surgery after tearing just everything in his shoulder. So, yeah, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> it's whatever. But yeah, put some alcohol on it. So much stuff going on. It's been a wild week for the sports scene Ugh, Arizona. In Arizona for the last couple. Well, I, really, the last week. It all kind of started yeah. last week on Saturday, yeah. and it's just been a perpetual Ferris wheel of just going around in a circle yeah. with all the issues. Right. So. You know, oh, I feel like there's so much to talk about, but since it's the ASU show, it's a Friday fun day. We'll try to keep things let's, pretty late. Let's you know? do that. Let's do something fun. A lot to discuss today. ASU has their game against USC this weekend, 730 kickoff time tomorrow. Um, and you know what? I think first and foremost, we need to break it down with our, we finally have a name for this segment, by the way. I'm a little sad Shane's not here, but uh, our segment, the Pitchfork Points Onward to Victory, are three points to ensure Arizona State focuses on to try to lead them to winning the game. So, mm. Derek, you were at last week's game <laughs> against I'm, Washington State. I'm still sunburned from it, and so are they, kind of, I guess. Yeah, they're actually burned from it. Yeah, um, it, was not a, it was not a good game, and it's... Uh, you know, it was a uh, blackout in the middle of the day for some reason. Did, did you wish that you were blacked out? Well, yeah, I really wish I was. And at $14 a beer, I really couldn't get blacked out drunk, especially off Coors Light. But uh, I wish I was watching them give up the ball as many times as they did. It Five. seemed unbelievable there early on when they just kept fumbling the ball yeah. and just having all of this bad stuff happen against uh, not a very good Washington State team at all. So it, it was hard to watch. It and, was bad. Yeah, it didn't seem to stop. No, it was <laughs> it was bad, bad, bad. Um, I felt like okay, it was before I even could get to the side of the field that Arizona State was driving towards. Mm. I was trying to stop and take a boomerang of their cool helmets that was were sitting on. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but one of the big storage bins that sure. they roll in and out with all of their stuff in it, and how the sun was reflecting off of it. And I'm in the middle of taking a boomerang, and there's an interception or a fumble. I don't. I know. I just remember there was a turnover, and I was just like. Man, I didn't even get set up yet. <laughs> there, I didn't get set up yet. There in the background of your boomerang is this fumble and the turnover. I, I yeah. was like, now this doesn't even matter because no one it, no one wants to see like, oh, yeah, they look fresh. But like, okay, you look fresh, but you can't win a Correct. game. So no one cares. Yeah, no, that's definitely it. The Caring about the jerseys ends very fast when uh, you give up two turnovers in the first, what, five minutes of the game, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, not great. And so, you know, I, I really think that offense needs to be better in terms of ball security but I want to touch on um really what coach Rodriguez said in the energy he's brought to practice all week because you know I felt like he brought a different level a different intensity when I was there on Wednesday he went flying past me screaming like we're gonna punch him in the fucking mouth <laughs> just so excited I was super happy I actually got that on video yeah um you know and so I just He's, I feel like, the only person who's really truly speaking about where the team's at right now. And so I want to touch on what he brought up in the press conference and uh, show the clip of you know him talking about how Arizona State really needs to do better in terms of winning the one-on-one -on -one battles out there. Plus, I think it says a lot about how I feel about the next guy up. We, everybody says it. Have you noticed that? Everybody in the country says it. But you got to mean it. I mean, you really do. That means you got to coach the next guy up and you got to care about that guy. And when he's up, you can't say, well, hey, buddy, it's okay to fail because you're not the guy in front of you. No, you got to push that guy too. And the expectations have to be the same. And that's, and so it is, it's always difficult to accept it and say, at the end of the year, you look back and say, wow, that was tough, we lost some guys. But we still expect to play at a high level and for this team to be able to depend on us to, to win those matchups. So, I mean, I feel like he's not really making any sort of excuses. I mean, I know for Herm, it's like, oh, well, they're younger guys. You got to, like Zach Hill has said before, you you know, you can't expect them to make changes with the penalties right away, X, Y, Z. But, you know, Rob Rodriguez has no excuses for them. 
in terms of where they're at and what he expects from them. It doesn't matter if you're the next guy up. He wants you to perform the exact same as the starter would. And I think that he really sets a different standard for the team and and holds everybody to a different level of accountability than a lot of the other coaches. And it's something I really like to see from him. So I think that uh, the accountability factor and, you know, bringing that intensity, I think that's going to be an intangible, but that is going to be one of the points of the game. 100% is coming out there with that, not being so deflated early on because it was like as soon as things happened, like started going downhill quick with Washington State, they were going downhill quick. There was no like, oh, we're going to stay level-headed and try to work our way out of here. Sure. It was like they automatically just were like, oh, shit, not again. Well, I think and I think that oh, shit moment was the second fumble, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you start to uh, – you know, lose hope, not just offensively for what happened and and just have that air let out of your balloon. But the defense now is going, are you fucking kidding me? We have to go back out there. We were just out, you yeah. know, like we just, we have been out there this entire game. Again, daytime game, black unis, very hot. Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable watching the game next to my very large friend who I was trying to sit in the shadow of. So I, I, I have very few complaints uh, versus what these athletes are going through. This is what you know, college football sometimes is about is developing that mental toughness to get over those kind of mistakes and come back. I really think that they did do a good job of staying in the game considering how horrendous that first quarter went for them, right? I just think that there was a point where defeat had already been decided for most of this team. And that's probably what, you know, what they're going to try to focus on is, Mm -hmm. is not letting those, you know, moments really get them so behind they really start snowballing they and do. you stop taking care of the ball you stop you know you it just all of a sudden hope declines very fast yeah and i don't know if you saw the article that was circulating uh i want to say it was on sunday um that kind of was saying like did arizona state quit while it was out there and i know evan fields fired back and was like i've never quit on anybody in my life yeah. um the players were really fired up about that and coach rodriguez did touch on it he said he felt like none of his players quit they didn't necessarily win all the matchups that they they played in against and there's always individually one-on-one matchups and you have to win them and he said they didn't do a good enough job of winning all of them so we'll touch on a, a little bit more of what he said in depth and then i'll build on that leading into my third and final well not my third and final point but my third and final video with him and some of our other points because i also want to know what you think is going to be the key to victory for them well yeah we'll see i've been part of some really good teams i've been part of some really bad teams i've been through this okay as a player and as a coach the hardest thing to do and the most important thing to do is to be consistent with who you are and make adjustments and identify the problems and fix the problems okay so if i go back there and what people don't realize is like the worst thing you can do is if your team played poorly if your group played poorly you should coach it, fix it, push them to do everything. But I can't walk in there, kick in the door, and start screaming and pointing at people uh, if, just because we lost or we're losing. It's about what's on the film. And people don't realize when we were winning games, I was kicking I in the door and I was on people's butts. I, I was like, that ain't good enough. I don't care what the score was. This ain't good enough. This ain't I good enough. I them both together, too. What we can't do is change who we are and how we go to these guys because we're losing. We need to be that way all the time. And that's how we are in the defensive line room. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to be hard on them. I'm going to continue to hold them to the high level. But I'm not going to sit here and finger point. Now, their failure is my failure. Their success is my success. And a matter of fact, I hope that I can give it to them and it be their success. The biggest thing they need to know in the toughest of times is two things. I ain't going to change. I'm not going to turn my back on them, and I'm not going to continue to push the blame and say it's the players, not the coaches. Because they're going to do the same thing to us. That's not how it operates. And I, I love Herm that he has continued to be who he is. But we've made adjustments to how we practice and how we're going to game plan. and how Those are the things you got to do. X's and O's as you change. But you have to show consistency in who you are. We have to let them know that we've got their backs, that their success is our success, and their failure is our failure. And number two is now you can't over-adjust. I can't come back in there to hard and rough on those guys, but I also can't come in there and start stroking their egos and start stroking their head and say, it's okay. Guys, losing's not okay. Failure's not okay. But you, you, it's about how you got there. You're going to play great games and do things the right way as a defensive line and then lose games. You're going to come in there and have an off day and win the game. So I can't, I can't base how I coach based on wins and losses. I have to base how I coach on winning and losing mentality, winning and losing consistently play-to-play, day-to-day. 
I think that's the right attitude for you know 100%. coaching coaching college kids up, coaching young men up, right? But I have to ask you this: do do you put this loss on the defense in any way, or do you see the position that because I um, I kind of see the position the defense was put in in this game. I see the position the defense was put in in this game. I don't put the loss on the defense at all. But uh, the the defensive coordinator was you know Arizona State's really not forthcoming in terms of who they give you to talk to with the staff members. They give you one coordinator a week sure. or a positions coach. And so we lucked out in terms of uh, really getting to talk to Coach Rodriguez, especially because he was the one who brought the energy to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't put the loss on the defense, but I think he wants to make sure that they're not going to come out and just get stunned early. I think he wants to make sure that they really are making as many stops against USC as they can to make sure that they give their offense as much opportunity to score so that leads me uh to my second point they're gonna have to capitalize um on you know a lot of these possessions instead of shooting themselves in the foot um and it kind of goes hand in hand with my third point there which is making sure you control the penalties you cannot let those get out of hand again um and it's been up and down it looked like it was improved and then it's trended in the wrong direction and last week they didn't have a ton of penalties but the penalties all just came at a poor time so those are those are my takes. Derek, you were at that game. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on what your uh, key to victory would be for Arizona State? Or? I mean, Jaden Daniels has to get going early. Yeah. I think that's going to be key. I I just I think he was one of the people that was kind of stunned uh, based on what happened early, and you know it wasn't necessarily on him, but you know at, at that point you kind of sometimes press too hard. You try to do too much yourself. Uh, I think just getting him into a rhythm early on and honestly establishing the run game again too, right? Like not trying to, you know, shy away from it, kind of going back out there and proving, you know, kind of just proving that you guys can still run the ball and, and getting over those mistakes that were made last week. And I think mentally, if they can get the run game going, they'll, they'll have that confidence back pretty early. Well, I agree a hundred percent with you. Uh, I, I know he, there's some speculation or there was speculation that he might be uh, leaving for the draft. You know, earlier in the year, everyone was talking about him being a Heisman Trophy candidate. And I almost feel like it's uh, winding up being a little bit like, and I don't want to say this because he's definitely still light years better than Khalil Tate, but reminds me of the year when they put Khalil Tate on the front of that magazine and we're just like, give him the Heisman, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just kind of jinxed him from the start. It's too much. I mean, I, I'll, I'm not going to say because it's weird. We, we feel like, oh, you can either handle the pressure or you can't. That's mm-hmm. not the case. We all grow as people. And you yeah. you can learn to handle the pressure. You can be in big moments. And, and especially in college football, that's, you know, high school football already has enough pressure on it. But yep. when you get to the college stage, obviously, that's another level. That's where you can kind of develop that ice water in your veins and be able to have those big moments, but it's not automatic for everybody, even really talented people. Yeah. I cover baseball and baseball is like the sport. You have to be almost the most patient with the athletes as far as their progression and and how they come along, because sometimes even the most talented kid can't hit a ball at a major league level until he's, you know, kind of worked his way to, to that level. Right. So college for a lot of football players is where they develop and turn into those NFL quality players. I think he is one, but you know, again, it's, it's big moments like this. It's kind of coming back from a loss like they had against Washington state that a game they shouldn't have lost and that you, you know, you can either hang your head about, or you can have that attitude of, I can't wait to get back out there and, you know, prove people wrong or, you know, just go back out there and and get the job done. Well, it's definitely going to come down to how they decide to respond this week. But if you want to have ice water in your veins and work towards having that and fend off those nerves, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And, uh, you know, if you use the code PHNX and you put $5 down on any NFL game, I believe it's for whoever wins, you had said Whoever correct. wins, yep. As long as their team wins, $5 or more, mm-hmm. uh, you'll get that $200 in free bets instantly. And it is instantly. That's the best part. Yep. The minute my team wins, got that money back in my account. Uh, and. And I and I and I spread it around a little bit and had some fun with that money. You're nice because I don't like to spread my money around. It's it's free bet, so I'll, I'll say that it's not real money. They don't let you take. I know. The I still have out. my free like yes. I've used my free bets, but like I still have the money sitting in the account that I've won with it, uh-huh. and I haven't used it yet. And yeah. I just I look at it and I'm like, do I want to bet on this game? And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Here's here's what I do. I make really cowardly bets just so I can try to get that money out. That's what I try to get. But sometimes I get a little crazy and find myself doing a 16 team parlay for absolutely no reason at all. 
Well, and you can do that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yes, you can. <laughs> um, I don't know all of the fine print, so do you know the gambling problem? Uh, yes, Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Yes, absolutely. Step. 21 and over only. Arizona on only gambling problem. Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Well, 737 D-R-V-E-R. I don't know how you pronounce that. No, we have not addressed the Jordan Simone situation. We'll touch on that a little bit at the end. Right now... We're going to bring on Grant House, a senior who, with the Sun Devil Swim program. And tomorrow, ASU Swim is hosting USC. It's going to be a little bit of a doubleheader. Um, you know, you got USC Swim coming out to face ASU and then USC football later at night. So we're going to be out there catching up with uh, the Sun Devil Swim team. But first and foremost, giving us a little preview of what yeah. to expect. Grant, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining What's us. What's up, sir? Oh, you're muted. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. Okay. Awesome. We're well, good to go? yeah, we're good to go now. Sorry, there's a little audio problem there for a second, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're so happy to have you. I mean, first and foremost, what is the vibe right now for ASU Swim? Just being able to really get back out there, have a season, and you have so much youth on this team, so much to look forward to. Yeah, we have. We have 30, I think over 30 people who have never actually competed in a sanctioned official college uh, meet of any sort right now on the team, which is all, all, both sides unique, but also very exciting that that many people of the team are going to experience that for their first time, um, you know, today. Um, pretty exciting. The women had a dominating performance against UCLA, winning 170 to 120, I think. So that's a great start going into the weekend. And, you know, going into the back-to-back meet with USC for men's and the women's tomorrow is huge. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. It's been over, well over 600 days since the teams competed as a whole together. And everyone's just uh, chomping at the bit to get going. I mean, it, it's been, for myself, it's been about over 900, 900 like 50 days Ooh. since I've competed for Whoa. ASU and the college circuit. Um, so it's it's been it's been a it's been a fun week kind of building each day towards Saturday. So then during the pandemic, were you guys able to like did you have access to a swim a pool to swim by yourself? I mean, if you didn't have a pool, I know a lot of facilities were closed down, you weren't able to go in and out, locker rooms were shut down. What did you guys do? Did you run to stay in shape? Uh were you finding alternate places to swim? Like how did you guys deal with that? Yeah, so when uh, the main portion of it in March came down, we uh, everything was shut down. Uh, Arizona got pr- hit pretty hard with everything, uh, especially quarantine um, mandates and orders throughout the city. So for about 14 weeks, I didn't touch any type of water beside my sink um, or drinking water, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty oh pretty God. unusual for yeah pretty unusual for anyone uh, anyone who's a swimmer, at, especially at this caliber. I, I've never taken more. I've never had uh, about more than, I don't know, three to four weeks off at a time. And that's been about almost a decade since that's happened. Um, and so for that to happen, it was kind of very unique. Um, and it definitely made us use some creativity. Um, luckily, one of my coaches, Herbie Bain, uh, he's this is his third year, I think, at ASU. Um, very resourceful, very scientifically driven, and uh, helped a lot of the guys and the girls on the team kind of maintain fitness. Um, and, you know, if we had any questions, go to him and coach Bowman as well. But yeah, if it was running, I was big into cycling, um, different like weightlifting activities we could do with what we had, just various, various like free weights laying around. Yeah. Um, a lot of basketball, a lot of spike ball. Um, not going <laughs> to lie on that. Um, so pouring That's hours cool. and hours of fitness into that, if you want to call it. Um, but yeah, just kind of anything we could, we could do to stay active because the pool wasn't just, that it just wasn't an option even out yeah. here. Um, some people went home and then around like June, July, things started opening up a little bit. I fortunately had a connection where I, I just uh, was able to use a backyard pool. Some of the backyard pool that I was able to do some laps in mm-hmm. and uh, work with some other swimmers here in, in Arizona. Um, but then around, I'd say like June and July, we found a local pool here and we'd, we'd go there once or twice a day, at least once a day, as much as we could. And, um, do practices as the team and just we didn't even get access into the pool last year until at ASU because of mandates 
till like I think September, October. Oh. Yeah. So how did that feel like having that much time off? I know sometimes like runners, if they take some time off and they go back to running, they feel like they got their legs back. They kind of feel rested and rejuvenated. Did, do you feel that way? Cause I know swimming so different than any of these other activities that you can do to stay in shape. Did you, did it feel weird to get back in the pool? Did you feel like you had like the time off kind of rested you? How did it feel to get, once you got back to like normal swimming? Yeah, it was definitely unique. Um, I think the one of the big things was for a lot of people is that it showed us, you know, like we kind of hopped back right into doing some of our best times, at least for me, like if you maintained like your fitness and health to like a, a general decent degree and just sure. didn't completely do nothing, like I I hopped in and I, I mean, I think two or within three or four weeks after like getting back to a regular training, like at least just once a day. I was already going like best times and that was mind blowing to me Wow! Um, because it was just like, I was like, Oh, no way. I'll be like, I'll take like forever to get back in shape and all this stuff. But I think it's just swimming. We're doing two hour sessions, like two, two hour sessions, at least three times a week, almost, almost four. Um, And then we are typically always doing a two hour swim and then a lift on the days that we're not swimming twice. So we're just putting like so much volume and breakdown on our body that I don't think we, right. and it's so normal to us. We don't even realize that it's yeah. that crazy sometimes. So just having all that time, I think for people like myself who've done it for years on years, like over a decade of it, like having that time with our bodies, at least I felt it. My body was like, thank you. Yeah. I got to take a second to chill here and just like relax and, and then we'll go forward from there. But like, yeah, my, I mean, my mental space was great. Um, my like physical body, just like it was just recovering and, uh, like sleeping a ton and just kind of soaking it all in, honestly. Yeah. You know, I was going to say that that sounds like for the best, to be honest. I mean, if I I know that it sucks to be away from your sport like that. And again, what a unique sport that you can't, you know, uh, you, you can't go train and do your thing like normal, but I almost feel like, you know, doing different training might might help you even though it's not training for uh you know cross training like cross training right exactly you know just because you guys probably don't have the time to do some of that other training because you're in the pool so much uh you know i i think that you might have might have done yourself quite a bit of good during the off off time yeah i mean i I think like exponentially like for sure i think that's the case it's just a different like just finding time to get better in different ways is what I started looking at it as, and just like a, just a break, like, you know, it's, it's all not too often you get that opportunity, but just kind of do different things, uh, improve yourself and other things, like whether it's running, whether it's sprinting or cycling, like sure. Like it doesn't matter how many miles I did in a day or whatever, but it's like a new parameter where I can be like, Oh, I like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do like two miles this fast last week. I improved by like a minute this week. Like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and just having those like small marginal, like increments of improvement were sure. pretty, like pretty awesome to see. Um, especially in like, once you get into sport, whether it's like track or swimming or anything where the margins of improvement are a little less glaring as you do it longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to, have to see those like tangible improvements and <laughs> going, going into like the year where, uh, ASU, we decided to redshirt our whole team, which I've, I've never heard of that. For any sport and and the right. existence of, and the existence of sports uh, teams, but uh, it was a unique spot to where you know the team got the NCAA championship. You know everyone in the NCAA got the championship meet, kind of pulled out from under them. I re- I remember hearing the news and the women were on their last practice and they'd be they were going to leave that next morning and the NCAA canceled it and I like ran over to the pool. And I was like, wow, like what is going to happen here and what's going on? This is crazy. Like this has to be a joke. Like no way. Yeah. And uh, and just from then on, like uh, we just kind of took it day by day, week by week and trusted the coaches. And we're in a different situation with uh, when we decided to redshirt once we got back to, to swimming things and in the 2020 fall. And, you know, it, it was a difficult decision. It was pretty hard for a lot of people. A lot of stress, a lot of struggle, but I think a lot of opportunity is born throughout adversity, and yeah. we're 
definitely, definitely a much stronger, much better team having gone through that year now than had we not. And I had, I think we would have done pretty great things, you know, last year, but now that we have another year of growth and improvement, especially for all those younger athletes on our, on our team, like I said, like 30 plus people now haven't had a, their first college dual meet. Yeah. And, you know, having that much of the team is huge for, you know, years down the road and mm-hmm. the energy to go throughout the season as well. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine having it all just being yanked out from under you just at once. The amount of hard work. I mean, everybody got to see it happen with basketball because all eyes are on March Madness in March. I mean, everyone's sure. focusing on that. But yeah. I was a, an athlete that was in a less traditional, well, a traditional Olympic sport, but I was a gymnast. And so I'm used to being in a sport where not as many people pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And so, but, but your struggles and what you deal with you know, it hurts just as much when that, that opportunity gets sure, taken away sure. from you. Because a lot of times those meets, those championships, all mm-hmm. of that stuff is what you guys train so hard to get to. Yeah. Right. So it's like it doesn't matter the amount of eyes are on it. It's important to you. It's important to people in that community. Uh, it's important to your teammates Yeah, uh, to see people have to like have that pulled from them literally the night before it has to be heartbreaking. Yeah. I wanted to ask how long have you been swimming for as like a professional swimmer? I know we all swim as kids and stuff, but how long have you been like competing for? Uh, I've been competing at some type of level since I was eight. At least that's what I was, I was told, I think it was six, <laughs> but like, I don't know, you know, like, six yeah, we don't remember like, back that far. That's funny the way you yeah, say that. Yeah. It's all like my I, daughter's I, 10. I can't believe that. Uh, that, that <laughs> that's crazy to me to think of you competing at eight, but that's uh yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I know like things, I don't know. I, I never really understood like any difference of just like swimming with my friends or anything. And then when I was about like, I don't know, I'd say like 13 or 14, I started getting like a decent idea of like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of okay at this sport or I'm, I tend to be always gravitating back towards this. Yeah. And uh, I think around like 14, I really like started to directly like understand what I could do, what I had aspirations for and like actually achieving those. Um, if I put like forth the work and the discipline and dedication. So I, I mean, I'm at this point, I've been swimming competitively for over a decade for sure. That's awesome. Well, two things. First, if we can put low tone Capone's comment yeah, on this the screen. Is mo- this is more my uh, speed. I, uh, I also live in the shallow correct. end with the floaties. The two of us over here. <laughs> I can't with swim in our hands. <laughs> to save my life. You can't swim. I can well, like dog paddle, but I can't actually like <laughs> swim, swim. And I'm, I'm going to tell a story and then I want to transition this into my next question for you. <laughs> um, okay, so I did dive in high school, right? And yeah. my senior year after I couldn't do gymnastics anymore. Um, they were like, Hey, do the 50 relay. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so they needed somebody to do the hundred and I can't swim. So I would just swim the 25, like I couldn't do a kickflip. So I would just like pull up and then push back off and swim the other direction and hold my breath the entire 25 the other way back. And like, if you're only doing 50, it's not that bad, but like a (laughs) hundred, I'm like, (gasps) (gasps) so I'm all like dying anyways at the senior banquet, they gave me floaties because I can't swim. <laughs> that was super embarrassing. That's but so segueing great. that into my next question, oh, Grant, that's so great. I've heard that Arizona State Dive is actually struggling a bit and doesn't really have anyone on the team at all. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what that is like, uh, you know, especially being that U of A has such a strong dive program with uh, people like Delaney Schnell, who were at the Olympics this year and representing. Yeah, it is definitely another interesting kind of turn of events. Um, we just had we had two really strong male divers, uh, David Hoffer and Yusuf Salim. Yusuf was a three-time Olympian for Egypt, um, and mm-hmm. Mark, Coach Mark Bradshaw is Olympian himself. And so, I mean, we had the credentials on the dive team. It just it just wasn't really kind of pieced together on things. And on the women's side, we had some uh, like three or four of our athletes. They had like a Two, two, three of the two or three of the four had injuries. So they were sidelined like almost the whole seasons. Um, we had one girl go change, change schools because of home issues. And so it was just like kind of an up and down aspect. And the year that Coach Bradshaw chose to move on, um, it was like COVID with COVID um, rather unexpected and just like he felt it was time. Mm-hmm. And so for the, for the year, essentially, we just didn't have a dive program. But I mean, 
I've traveled the world to compete for swimming. And I, I don't mean this like just to boast on ASU, but honestly, this is one of the most beautiful and like well-built facilities I've ever seen in like in the entire world, yeah, especially an incredible. outdoor facility. It's absurd, especially yeah. if you're mm-hmm. a diver. Yeah, like, for real. like that's gotta be so sick. And yeah. it doesn't and, look good from the outside looking in, but if you stand in that like sixth street parking structure too, and you can actually see in to the pool, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it really it's is. It's almost like a hidden gem because it looks right. like it looks like it could be a little misleading from the outside at first, right? Am I wrong? Well, it's kind yeah. of yeah, it's a plain uh, building. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can see the uh, you can see like the ten meter and the seven meter up on there, obviously, just because of how tall it is. But I mean. We just had some recruits in. We just signed two pretty strong divers, uh, Lane Stallworth. Um, shout out to him. And his brother's on the team right now, actually. That's pretty cool. Jackson Ooh. Stallworth, he's a, he's a freshman from Texas. But um, we also just signed – I don't I don't think this will be a, a matter of an issue, but we just signed some NCAA qualifier that's a diver. So, All you know, right. like we, we had the year, I guess, without it. But it's obviously proving to show that it didn't stop down our recruiting or the fact of the matter that like this program and diving has gotten results and kind of rebuilding that in the process with the swim team. So I know we got someone who's an NCAA qualifier already joined in the team this year, and that'll only help us immensely with the swimming points and how meets are scored as well. And um, I know I know U of A has a solid team every now and then, but I also know they've had some pretty uh pretty big sanctions coming down their pipe on uh diving as well yeah. the last couple of years. So Yeah, there's a lot to compete with uh in terms of just in general in the Pac twelve. I feel like the Pac twelve has always been one of those conferences that's really good at like Olympic sports, but if you yes. look at like your money, your revenue generating sports like football and basketball, it's hit or miss. Um but <laughs> you know, finishing up, and I probably should have asked you this first. How, what is your Sun Devil story, and how did you uh, find yourself here at Arizona State, and was it what you envisioned for yourself? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I kind of—I guess I'll start at the tail end of that question. And say it was, I guess, never what I envisioned for myself. Um, coming from Southeast Indiana, I didn't even know Arizona State existed. I knew the state of Arizona existed, <laughs> but I had never even heard of Arizona State really. Um, just because the swimming program hadn't been that predominant um, since I was alive and born. Um, but coincidentally, when I was about about eight or so in 2000, yeah, in 2006 or so, I think you're seven, my brother, my older brother, Kyle, he swam as well in college at Division One and Division Two level. And we took a trip out here. He was being recruited by U of A at the time, um, Grand Canyon University, and mm-hmm. – and ASU. So we visited the schools, primarily U of A, and got to be out here and visit the campus, see the dorms a little bit. But um, the following years after that, uh, ASU's team got cut. So my brother couldn't even come here if he, he had wanted to, um, which was a little a little unique because he was kind of considering it pretty, pretty decently from what I understand. But mm-hmm. I'd been out here, been around the area at a young age, but I just kind of like didn't recollect that or didn't have a memory of it too much being so young. And then when coach Bowman came here in 2016, I want to say or 15 to 16, um, I, I took notice, but I was like, okay, like we'll, we'll see. Maybe he's just doing the pro team and we'll see how the, the college team goes. And I think the year after that ASU literally had the highest rate of improvement out of any college in America. Yeah. And you know, for anyone who's swimming, like, improving is honestly how like a majority of the battle like oh dude it's so hard once you get to a plateau crazy yeah it's crazy and to see that like after his second year here i was like well like the proof is in the results like you can't deny that like our sport is literally like you touch the wall did you win <laughs> did you not there's your time up on the scoreboard and yeah. that's that's it yeah. um and so you know from there i started um, during the recruiting process, talking with Coach Bowman and and the coaching staff here, it's changed uh, a good amount since I've been here, which has been a unique experience as well. But Coach Bowman's always been someone who's steadfast and, and been with the program, tried and true the whole way through. And, you know, when I first met him, as I said, I wanted to build a program that is uh, becomes, you know, the namesake and the, and the powerhouse. And when people think of swimming and, and the sport and in this country and 
and right now there's kind of there's Texas, there's Florida, Indiana University, and a couple other Pac-12 schools. But I was like, I I think we have the facilities. I've seen mm-hmm. them since I was on campus. I was like, I know you have the resources. I know you have the knowledge. I was like, and that's probably undermining it at my level at that point, um, talking to Coach Bowman, four-time like Olympic head coach. <laughs> um, and I was like, I I don't know, maybe it's a crazy belief, but everyone would go to those big, like the bigger schools for swimming, like Texas, Florida, like Cal. Yeah. And I was like, I think we can do something really crazy, really amazing, and even more impressive than just joining another school that's already winning a national championship, won wins the national championship like the year before or whatever, like not to take anything away from those other people, but I think it just means more if you create something and you're a bigger part of building mm-hmm. that sure. that foundation and, and putting it forward. You know, like when I came to this, this, the school, I was, I think like ranked like uh, in the top, top rankings of like high school recruits. And it was like the rest of them, like almost all the top 10, like a third of them went to Cal, like a third of them went to Florida, like two or three of them went to Texas. And it was like Grand House ASU. It's like, it didn't make sense. But, you know, like we look at our recruiting classes now, I think the last four years, uh, or yeah, the last four years since, and including myself, we've had, we recruited the number one recruit in the country. And then now we're also pulling, you know, uh, guys like Jared Arroyo from Arizona, who's a really high ranking recruit and international representative mm-hmm. at the Olympics for Puerto Rico, Leon Mershon. He got sixth at the Olympics. Yep. Like, like we're pulling some serious dogs now. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's really important because one guy, two guys, one girl, three, like it can't just be one or two people. Like you sure. have to have a solid group of people and to see what it's, it's become since I've been here is I think really like the actual story of my, my son devil story, I guess if I had to pick it, cause yeah, I, had, I got this asked like this question on an interview question the other day, like what's your favorite memory as like a sun devil. And it's kind of like small stuff to me that I would know, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, I wanted, I didn't know if it was like, okay to say it like it verbally, it sounds okay. But I was like, that's yet to be decided. Like, I kind of thought that was, like, pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I, get where you're coming from because it's almost like, you know, you don't want to limit it to things that have already happened. And, you know, it's kind of hard to to really analyze what is your favorite while you're still living in that moment if you want to be present in it, right? Like, if you're still present in the moment, you can't be like, oh, that was my favorite thing. Because if if it's your favorite, it's almost like it has to be past tense, like you've moved on. Sure. But like what you're doing for this program has an impact, right? Like you said, it takes more than just one person doing it, but you doing it leads the way for other people to want to join this program and be a part of it as well. So, I mean, I, I, I can see it more, you know, at times about being kind of a legacy thing for you a bit that, that you kind of kicked the fire started or got the fire started and, and, like you said, it's not just one person, but you know, definitely you guys have a lot of talent now and and you're a big part of the reason why mm-hmm. you guys have so much talent. Yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, one of the, uh, that's one of the aspects we've been talking about this, this year, especially with one of my best friends and teammates, uh, Carter Swift, he was a transfer in here and he was one of the guys that like, he comes on a recruiting trip and I don't know, just like right away. I was like, this guy, like this guy can make a difference. Like he's, he's something special. And, um, he just recently talked to me. He's from New Zealand. And uh, I think a lot of people may be familiar with the All Blacks, their r- dominant rugby team. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I think I think the highest winning percentage of every any team in sports history, like above like 80% wins, um, which is crazy in like 100 years. And he told me about this term called uh, Waka Papa. And essentially it means plant trees that you'll never see. And so when I heard that this year, oh, that's kind of been that's, like, that's like deep. That. That's deep. Yeah. I like that. that. Could, yeah. That's that really cool. Deep. Yeah. But that's well, been like, we've been talking about ahead. legacy. No, I was going to say, we've been talking about legacy a lot. And I mean, that's, that's, that's really what this is about. And yeah. I, again, uh, you know, joining other programs is, is great, but uh, the, the fact that you and others have gotten this program started is it, it's different and it has to feel different for you guys. Yeah, it's definitely been a privilege. It's been an honor, and it will continue to be that. And, uh, you know, it's a different position than I came in, 
uh, to ASU, and I can proudly say that it's it's kind of like still weird just to say that being <laughs> here like four or five years now, and uh, like see like I guess like understanding there's a light at the end of the tunnel that like you can kind of see, sure. but um, it's it's crazy. Like you can you can come to like an ASU swim meet now, and you're like I'm watching the best in the world. Like that's a powerful phrase. Like that's pretty cool. Like I know. Yeah. I'd like to say that about all sports like here, but that's just not the case right now. Like, sure. I'm, yeah, it's just like, that's something that swimming has. That's very special. And like, it's factual. Like, I mean, in the NBA, like you can win as a team when you can have your like point rankings and whatever, but like, we know Leon is the sixth best person in the world at that in his event. And yeah. we know Jared is like one of the best in the world at that event. Like, cause he made it the ultimate crowning like event and achievement for our sport. And that's pretty, pretty unique. Not a lot of universities get to say that. No. And Grant, before we let you go, like you said, there's so many people who have achieved so many amazing things. If you go out and decide to come out a little bit early before tailgating tomorrow for that USC game to catch the USC uh, versus ASU swim meet, who should we be on the lookout for? Because, you know, there's so many amazing people. You named off a couple of your teammates, but is there anybody else? Yeah, I think I think a couple. I mean, there's I, there's a lot of people to watch on the men's and the women's side. Um, I know for the men, Julian Hill, Jack Dolan, um, Alexander Colson. Uh, th- I mean, they they those are guys that have been putting in the work for two and a half years now, and I mean, they're just waiting to get let loose. Um, I, some of our big seniors on the women's side: Erica Lanning, Nora Dolesky, um, Molly Batcher. She just transferred in. Um, she's making an immediate impact. Emma Nordine, um, like she qualified first in NCAAs last year uh, or two years ago when it got canceled. She was going in first in two events or one event at least. Um, so there's a there's a ton of young talent, Leon as well. That's uh, that's there and in, in a good light. You know, David Schlecht, he's a transfer as well. Um, that's gonna make NCAA like NCAA scoring uh, potential and points as well. So, you know, really it, it's on the men's side, it's really every event. Like I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> every event, like it's going to be fun a- to watch and it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting event to watch. Like, cause we just have that deep of a roster now and that many guys who can make that big of an impact. And for the women too, it's just an exciting time to see their program rise and grow too. That's such a refreshing thing though to hear because Arizona state yeah. is not always um, the strongest when it comes to just anything in general, <laughs> but um, to be a little bit more specific with that, when I was, uh, you know, really just getting started at ASU myself as a freshman and sophomore back in like 2011, 2012, um, Arizona State swim is not, not at the level it was now. So, you know, to see how much you guys really have improved too in the last decade, um, it, it makes me feel good as an alumni and, or alumna of the, uh, the university uh, to see the sports continuing to improve. So. I appreciate hearing that. And that's, uh, that's kind of the goal. And I've, I feel the same in sentiment as well. And unfortunately, Dash, I guess not fortunately, but unfortunately, you no, know, there's been a lot of sports issue that are get to the level of, you know, we just made it or we're just good enough, but yeah. haven't made that step to be like national champion, conference champion, or like win and be dominant. Sun Devil Swim like, coming for the heat. That's, that's right. That's what it's, yeah, that's where it's at. Like we're, we're kind of under the radar right now, but we're coming for it, and we're coming to change that that mold for for all of ASU, but especially our program too. So it should be our thing. We have the weather for it. This is what we're yeah, this is what we're about, right? It's three six five out here. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can say it, but I definitely can say it. It sounds like ASU swim is going to be kicking ass and taking names this year. So we're definitely excited <laughs> to get out there and watch you. Best of luck, Grant. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And we'll let you get back to your Friday night festivities as you prepare to take on USC tomorrow. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, tomorrow, 12 uh, 12 p.m. high noon, USC men's and women's come out and support. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. See you there, Grant. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So great interview with him. And like I said, I'll be out there tomorrow catching up with what's going on with Sun Devil Swim talking to Bob Bowman, getting some interviews. And if you're interested in reading about that, you can go over to gophnx.com, become a member. You get access to our members-only Discord lounge where we chop it up in there. Yeah, we, we got some good conversations yeah. going on. Um, you also get access to all of our exclusive written content, 
uh, you know, you really just are more in the loop. So again, we encourage you to head over there, become a member of GoPHNX. And I think we have a special right now when you sign up. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm not 100% sure well, what it is. I'll tell you, you can go over, uh, probably shouldn't be telling you this, we're not that show, but go over to see what the, the Sons and the Coyotes have to offer. You might get something a little extra, but if you're an annual member, you will get that free t-shirt uh, for signing up. And if you want to do the month-to-month option, just 50 cents. It's just a little little, little appetizer, but check out the website and see if you dig what we have going on. Uh, we have great content all the time. And uh, if you're an Arizona sports fan uh, and, and it and it's beyond just the college game and, and the pro game, I think you'll like what you see. Yeah, and I feel like uh, it's very – we're very co- like cohesive with the uh, Coyotes podcast, being that Craig Morgan is uh, really our contact with Sun Devil Hockey, our main point. Oh. I do some stuff with Sun Devil Hockey, but not to the extent that he does. I mean, I can't ever – begin to touch his level of hockey knowledge or his ability to cover something like that. So, I mean, he's brought on some great guests before too, Mm -hmm. uh, to the show. For example, last week he just had Josh Doan on the show and that was a wonderful interview. We brought on, or he brought on Greg powers and I sat down and did a sit down interview with him as a little segment for our podcast. Um, so, you know, just amazing things, but you'll have access to all of that if you head over to go PHNX, but you know what else you have access to? are our Pac-12 pick of the week with a full breakdown. But, you know, we know not everyone is going to have that. And so we still like to get through it, kind of hit on who's doing what. So it's time, without further ado, for our Pac-12 picks of the week. Are you ready? I'm not ready because it's the Pac-12 and it's awful. Yeah, um, anything can happen in the (laughs) Pac-12 too, which also does not help because it can be a complete train wreck from week to week. Um, There's no set of consistency by any means but uh we're back unfortunately to friday night games i hate those because Mm -hmm. i think it takes honestly friday night is for high school don't take the spotlight off the high school kids and also don't put the college kids back in the high school spotlight i feel like it's almost a disservice i I can't even speak english i'm stuttering it's a disservice 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 it's a disservice to both of them i'm with you on that and uh, it's also one of those like you said it's we we have our days, right? Yeah. It progresses in the order: high school, college, uh, NFL on Sunday. So yeah, step yeah. step off other people's territory. It does, know? but we are unfortunately back to that though, where we uh, have to uh, talk about some Friday night games. We got Utah at Stanford this week, starting things off. Um, I don't know how much you've been watching Stanford aside from when they came to play uh, in Tempe, but. They've they've struggled this year. Not they're not good. off to the hottest, or they're not having the hottest year, I should say. Yep. Meanwhile, Utah's been uh, they've been pretty dominant as of late. You know, they're looking to keep a hold of the Pac-12 South with where they're at. So it's definitely going to be a big game. I don't know if Utah's going to have what it takes to pull it off, though. Or not Utah. I'm sorry, Stanford is going to no, have what it takes to pull it off against not. Utah. I mean, especially against Utah's run. If they do, it's definitely going to have to be with the the, the pass. Yeah. Like their passing game, passing game. and uh, uh, McKee's arm because he's shown that he has potential as a quarterback, but I feel like he's lacking the skill set around him. You know, like yeah. he just doesn't have those other position players to help him. Um, and I feel like it's unfortunate because, at least if you're Stanford, because you could be a lot better than you are. So, yeah, with this game, I got to go with Utah. Um, I'm going to have to go with Utah as well. I think they're just uh, too good defensively. Uh, for for Stanford at the end of the day, yeah, U- Utah's put up a couple blanks this season. They've they've been good. They've lost against the teams that they should have lost to. They had a close game against San Diego State that went overtime. Uh, that was ridiculous. But you know, I, I think that uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on Utah. I also think Cal is going to smash Arizona tomorrow. But that's just well for obvious reasons. Yes and no because no? some people may not be aware that uh, Cal is dealing with a little bit of a COVID issue right now. Oh, no. Yes, just announced yesterday. But here's the unfortunate thing that makes things even more crazy is they have not announced how many players, and they have not announced who is being impacted. Um, At this rate, the game has not been canceled. We are about – we are exactly 18 hours from kickoff. I heard it might be canceled, but, okay, that's the reason why it um, might be canceled. I heard it might be canceled as well, but uh, I have Mm. not seen anything yet. As of now, everything is – still on the table to progress <laughs> so COVID, covid wins once again always take covid on the over take yeah, covid on the over right? every time it's like cal zero arizona oh zero God. covid one covid like they both take a loss yep. um but yeah uh 
I still think even with their issues, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Arizona has put a lot of fight into getting where they're at. They've moved <laughs> Jamari Joyner around a little bit. I don't know where he's going to end up. They might end up putting him back at quarterback for a little bit this week, but, um, you know, it's going to be a lot for Will Plummer to have to step up and step into, you know, um, he was the starter before they decided to circle back through and go through Jordan McLeod and, and Gunner Cruz and then settle back on Will Plummer. And I just, or he wasn't the starter. He was competing for the starter with Gunner Cruz. Long story short, he very quickly found himself in the third string quarterback position role. And now he's back as a starter and Arizona's pretty screwed if he goes down. Cause then they just have like a walk on. Yeah. 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 That's not good. Things yeah. aren't good there. So uh, I still got to go with Cal, but I do think that there is, the opportunity there is the opportunity for an upset i'm not going to close that door completely i think that that this might be the the game where i think there's the most possibility for an upset in terms of what people aren't necessarily expecting and i say that because there's also the arizona state at usc game which we'll touch on later but i think more people would possibly expect an upset quote unquote when you look at it according to like the books and who's projected to win sure but yeah we'll get to that so going with cal and i know you are too yep so moving on after that, Oregon State at Colorado. Got to go with Oregon State. Colorado's offense has looked absolutely terrible in terms of being <laughs> able to generate anything. I mean, they did a little bit better than I anticipated against Oregon, but I think Oregon's defense also is not nearly at the level of what it used to be in years past. Uh, I want to say Oregon's defense uh, right now is, you know, mid-bottom tier uh, at best in the FBS. They're not really all that great. So to see Colorado do that much against them isn't necessarily a huge surprise, but Oregon State is absolutely on fire. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to what they've been doing, but they've been slowly building for the last couple of years. Yes. And yeah. this year, they're firing away. Yeah. I, I'm still not going to have uh, Oregon State covering uh, the spread, but I will say, yes, I, I'm going with Oregon State as well. Oh, I don't I think, think Col- the, I, I think Colorado's We'll, we'll, we'll beat the spread, but uh, Oregon State, definitely. Uh, I'm taking that one as well. Yeah, I have Oregon State winning. I don't think they'll cover the spread, though, either. Uh, getting towards the end of things, number four, Oregon at Washington. Is it just me or does it seem like the college football playoff committee almost set Oregon up in a way where it's like, hey, we're going to give you this position only because we know you're probably going to lose and then it's just going to cause even more debauchery? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So <laughs> I look at this game being one of those games for that to – have the potential of unfolding. Yeah. I think with Oregon's remaining games, this Washington game and the game against Oregon State are going to be huge. I think the Oregon State game especially is big. And that's not even touching on Washington State because Washington State, wildly enough, is only half a game out from Oregon for oh, control of the Pac-12 North. Uh, this whole conference is a disaster. But anyways, um, yeah, this, this game is big. I know Washington hasn't looked great this year, but it's really because the X factor of Dylan Morris, their quarterback, he's a redshirt freshman. He's shown glimpses of potential where he looks good, but if he can't do anything, then for some reason, I don't know why Jimmy Lake is hesitating to put in their other, their second string quarterback, but they just keep Morris in for way too long, and it just drags out to a point where they can't end up coming back. It's almost like a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing, too, from week to week in terms of what you're going to see. Yeah. So... I think if Washington is able to feed off of their energy from last week with that win over Arizona, I think it's going to be big. Um, and we'll see what they're able to do. Or that was two weeks ago. Who no, did Washington but, play last week? Washington played Stanford last week, I believe. Yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I still think Oregon um, takes this one. Uh, I just – I think Oregon isn't as good as they're perceived. And if they – if this is a close game, yeah. then I think they're kind of exposed a bit about how – I think you know. they've been exposed a couple times, but everybody yeah. just loves to keep turning their eye, their a blind eye to it. But yeah. I'm actually going to go with an upset in this one because I Are think you? Oregon has been, <laughs> honestly, since Stanford beat them in overtime, Oregon has not looked incredibly dominant. I mean, no, yeah, they were all. able to... They're like the worst number seven I've ever seen. Just Well, about. they're like number four in, in some polls, yeah. too. So oh. it's like, depends on even where you look. Like... I mean, but they're really not, in my opinion, a top 10 team. It's great for the conference in terms of, like, at least having one team ranked. Yeah, sure. One team. With how bad this conference is. But I think they're due for an upset. And I say that, and I know Stanford upset them, but I had a feeling Stanford was going to upset them. I picked Stanford in that game. They pulled it off. I'm going with Washington in this game. I just feel like Stanford's had so many – or Oregon has had so many close games since that Stanford OT loss. Yeah. 
And then, you know, it wasn't they like they were able once, to just blow past UCLA. Yeah. Um, that was a close game. Last week, they were just narrowly able to stay alive. Uh, you know, was it last week? I, I get confused. So many things blend together. But, you know, I long story short, this Oregon team's not that great. I think Washington, even though they're not that great, uh, they have the ability if everything's able to click. You so, fool. No, we'll I'm see. <laughs> well, that's why I don't bet real money on this. <laughs> Wrapping things up, though, we have USC at Arizona State, which means it's time for the DraftKings cheese pick of the week. Aaron, go ahead and hit it. <gasps> no, I sent it. Did it not save? Let me see. Did you say No, uh, did I? I think I airdropped it. <laughs> Our cheese picks. Mm. No, well, why don't you send me a cheese pick and I can play the Friday Funnies? Okay, <laughs> so we're going to we come go. back to the cheese picks. Take a break with Friday Funnies real quick. Yes. Partner because we all need it right now. So Friday Funnies video to one. Let's roll it. Yeah, I brought in some baseball clips. Uh, this is the Atlanta Braves World Series Championship Parade. And what you're seeing right here is World Series stud relief pitcher Tyler Moxick getting uh, accosted and potentially arrested by the police at his own championship parade. At his own championship parade. There, this entire parade was uh, full of laughs like this, but this one's very funny because the police had to realize what they've done and let him go. There's also another clip of it is... Uh, down they're literally rolling well, it's 30 like a miles freight an train what is going on if that bus goes below 55 miles an hour it will explode okay. all right let's go with the cheese picks turning it back around yep what's up guys right. it's time for our DraftKings cheese pick of the week oh this poor this week's game is usc at arizona state kickoff time is at 7 30 on saturday arizona state's a nine and a half point favorite in the game but, you know, Arizona State also has not been playing very well lately, so it's a little hard for us to willingly pick them, seeing what they have and have not been able to do on the field. However, USC also is going to be without Drake London, so that's going to be a huge blow for them. So we'll see what they're able to do with their interim head coach. But without further ado, let's see what the cheese says. It's all shredding into pieces <laughs> like my whole life crumbling apart in front of me. It hit Arizona State. It did. Send it. <laughs> right, we're almost ready. Okay. I think I found battery. All right. Derek filling in today for Shane because Shane couldn't be here. This one's for you, Shane. All right. This one's for Arizona State. And that's at Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona it, State. It touched it. It touched it. It's Arizona State. It touched Arizona it. State. The cheese has spoken. I was aiming very high. I was yeah. I was not aiming for anything it's other than trying to get on the it's wall. It's so hard to throw yeah. cheese, and you really it's don't realize it. You can't aim anywhere. I actually was aiming for way above, and yeah. I was hitting below. I don't know if you And then my cheese shredded. See, I relate. I, I expected you to be an expert at this, so I thought your no, methods week, were going to be wrong. Right last week, and... I spun in a circle and okay. tossed it sideways. Yeah. Okay. We See, I feel no like method. we need like Last maybe like I a should, frisbee like, method. Oh uh, yeah, dude, like that. I thought about that, but yeah. I feel I need to test it. Like I need to play around. I need to go buy a package of craft singles. If this is your game. This is your game. Yeah, you need to be the expert. I know. At it. Okay, but like I want to try like you know when you go bowling, you got the like the granny roll. Oh yeah. Like I need yeah, to try like a the different method. Like I need to try. Yeah, yeah I yeah. need to like perfect all I'm these different you. ones and just start coming out like with. Parkour. Right. See, I'm Parkour. Sad. I'm sad the state fair's gone because I could have shown you some of the ways that you beat games there. My brother used to be a carny, and uh, he taught me how to beat a lot of those games. So, yeah. I feel like I could be a carny. My life's really good. I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't guarantee you could be a carny. Yes, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> without well, a doubt, you'd be a great carny. Well, without uh, wrapping things up, I, I feel like without further ado, it's time for Friday Funnies. We only got, a, we already got a little bit got of a little it bit with mine, the yeah. uh, Atlanta Braves. Yep, absolutely. It was and, a fun uh, parade. you know, that... I, that bus. If it slows and down, a little below, kid was so like it. A kid yeah. could be like, "Oh my god, the Braves!" And they'd step yeah. out in front of me and be like, Don't "Yeah, no." If it done. if it slows down below fifty five miles an hour, it will explode like the movie Speed. Or like that's probably I, a reference yeah. you don't get. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. God, I hate you, young people. Sometimes I'm sorry. I'm wearing oh, a shirt that's kids. in reference to one of the best movies ever made. That is. I yes. love John Belushi. Sure. Have okay. you seen the movie though? Yes, I have okay, seen the movie. Okay, I just wanted to. I have seen the movie. Let's go. 
post the video that made you go viral. Okay, so I'm growing my hair out right now, and it's really short and at this awkward level. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look at, like, men's wigs on Amazon and see if there's anything interesting. So I pop up on this wig. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, I'm gonna go look at the, I'm gonna go look at the the ratings and see if there's any actual pictures. <laughs> and this is the first rating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Karen wig, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He said. <laughs> He said, hello, this is my first Amazon review. I felt compelled enough to share what this wig actually looks like. I'm not one to complain, but I'm feeling rather bamboozled. <laughs> I love how hard he's laughing. It's like my mom when she gets drunk. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, poor guy. Why does he look like that one guy who used to be on Saturday Night Live that played MacGruver, and I'm blanking yeah. on his name? Yeah. Um. You know who I'm talking about, though? Will Forte. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes he does look like him. A hundred percent. I believe we have one other Friday funny. I would love to pull this prank. <laughs> He's like going to kill But all the while, the plunger stuck to his head as he's running. And I love how if you hear it, you like if you actually turn it up and listen real close, you can hear it go. But the, yeah, yeah, the popping sound. That was the best part of it. That was the best besides it being stuck. So, oh, that one's good. Yeah. God bless you know, the internet. Friday funnies. God Gotta love it. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's pretty much all. That is all that we have. Not pretty much. That's all we have for you. Um, I'll be out tomorrow, like I said, at Swim. In between then, I'm going to be doing some man-on-the-street coverage, asking some fans some questions. Watch if you're out. interested in being on the show, come out and find me. We'll get you on, talk to you, see what you have to say about some of our questions. And if you want to drop a hot take like my guy Derek Piscaturo did earlier this week, that was huge. Um, yeah, come find me, though. And then I'll be at the field for the USC game. Shane and I will be going live within five minutes of the ending. We'll be breaking it down. Uh, you can either join us in celebration or in grieving, whatever one it is. We don't know yet. Still to be determined. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. So thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you later and have a great weekend. Peace. For